This episode may be controversial and may have triggers, so parental discretion is advised. Before we start this episode, I just want to state the disclaimer that our stance is if you're consenting adults, you can do whatever you want as far as we're concerned. This podcast will be analyzing and commenting on articles, interviews, and such, and we suggest that you listen to this episode in its entirety and take in the overall message of protecting our children. Yes, yes, yes. Turn my mic up a little bit. We're hitting the net from the Rain Energy Drink Studios in beautiful downtown St. Louis, the gateway to the west, where it is a smoldering 96 degrees, just a little cooler than Ryan's favorite boy band. But (laughs) it feels like 109 with the humidity. I damn near had to take a break in the shade when I took my trash out this morning. It is absolutely brutal here. My dog keeps coming up to me like, hey, ready for a walk? I'm like, dude, you would die by the time we got to the end of the block. You're covered in fur. What's wrong with you? (laughs) All right. Good evening, Crypt Keepers, and welcome to Season 2, Episode 13 of Cryptique. Don't forget to subscribe and tell a friend and send your case suggestions to crypticpodcast at gmail.com. That's C-R-Y-P-T-I-Q-U-E podcast at gmail.com. I'm joined as always by my friend, co-host, and advocate of thinking for yourself, Ryan. How's it going, buddy? It's going well. I'm uh, taken aback by that good morning Vietnam style intro you just did that was very smooth um i'm doing great as of the time of this recording i will be heading to florida in a couple days and i'm excited that there is supposedly a shark fishery in the town i'm going to so there's Hmm. supposed to be a lot of tiger sharks hammerhead sharks and my favorite bull sharks the ones that swim in three feet of water and like to take bites out of people so yeah that can come up the mississippi and stuff right they can survive in in fresh water yeah um yeah that's it's pretty scary but so this may be my last show you never know yeah you never know and i didn't ask how you were because you already told me you were about to have heat stroke just taking your trash out Oh, so I kind of figured I knew where you were at. Although I will tell you, I am drinking rain today. Mm-hmm. So I am fully on board with your regimen. Oh, me too. Maybe I'm having a white right gummy here. bear. Me too. What a coincidence. <laughs> it's the drink of champions. Yeah, well, it's the first one I think you recommended. Mm-hmm. And That's the only one, one I've been drinking since then. I get that one, and there's like an orange dream. Yeah, orange dream I think. Yeah, I, I don't care for doubting myself, but, but but if you do like the uh, dream sickles, you know the actual dream sickles. I'm sure it tastes delicious. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, tonight's show will be highly controversial and will undoubtedly have triggers for victims of sexual abuse. So please don't listen with children. With that disclaimer, well, let's let's go with another disclaimer. Uh, we are presenting other people's information and analyzing it. It has been vetted, but understand that 
we are simply relaying a lot of information. We'll be giving our thoughts on it. But with that disclaimer, what are we talking about tonight? Tonight we are talking about the Red Shoes Pedophile Club and beyond. Mm-hmm. Is, the beyond is the beyond part of the club name? Could be. You got to leave it open for whatever other right. nasty shit you want to get into. All right. So first to define the term, pedophilia is an ongoing sexual attraction to prepubertal children specifically. It is a paraphilia or a condition in which a person's sexual arousal and gratification depends on objects, activities, or even situations that are considered atypical. Pedophilia is defined as recurrent and intense sexually arousing fantasies, sexual urges, or behaviors involving sexual activity with a prepubescent child or children, generally age 13 or younger, over a period of at least six months. Pedophiles are more often men and can be attracted to either or both sexes. Well, let's call it what it is. Uh, we just put out an episode on fetishes and philias, but mm. essentially pedophilia is a rape fetish. Children can't give consent, therefore making sex with them a rape. Even if the child agrees or uh, reciprocates or whatever, it is still a rape, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. So first, let's read from an article by Miss Sophie from BrutalProof.net titled Time to Help Our Children, the Red Shoes Pedophiles, Rings of Our Time. There are deep and warm messages in The Wizard of Oz. You should never give up on believing in magic. I still love reading and watching Wizard of Oz because I understand it on another level. I see the reality of dreams, their power and their weakness. I have read about the Red Shoes pedophiles' rings and their links to the cult of Wizard of Oz. There are tiny, innocent children misused and sexually exploited for the sake of kings of bestiality, men and women with red shoes or without them. There are people who claim that the Red Shoes pedophiles' rings are the fantasy of lonely, attention-seeking journalists and conspiracy theory lovers. Where are all the missing kids? How is that possible that about 8 million children go missing every year and many of them have never been found? We are talking about mass disappearance of our youngest and in the modern civilization, empowered with the high-tech control systems and global communication and intelligence exchange, and one missing child is a big failure, not to mention millions. However, it seems that nobody really talks about it or is free to talk about it. They live in the shadows of forgotten media lone writer, bloggers, and activists for human rights and against human trafficking. It must be that sharing information about their unhappy destinies is forbidden and simply not allowed for official media with their brainwashing policy. Instead of researching the bloody channels of child trafficking, they are serving the cheap tales of so-called stars, starlets, pornographic models, and corrupted politicians. That is the reality of our media. The nightmare has been created. Just read the reports of journalist Liz Crocken about the symbolism of red shoes and Democratic lobbyist Tony Podesta. This woman has warned the public that Podesta loves his red shoes as the secret code of showing the support for pedophiles that take places in some of the most important Illuminati seats. What exactly do red shoes have to do with pedophilia? According to her, pedophiles abuse the movie The Wizard of Oz to brainwash their child sex slaves. She was claiming that many well-known people from the government, religion, business, and the entertainment sector are participating in the massive satanic pedophile cult. 
Tony Podesta is obsessed with his red shoes. Amongst Podesta's extensive art collection are paintings of children in bondage and one painting of a circle of children, hands behind their backs and all wearing red slippers, reminiscent of the ruby slippers in The Wizard of Oz and all in their underwear. You can look these up very easily. I understand, and we've talked about modern art and weird art and things like that, and the different messages that they might have and things like that. But if you look these paintings up, these are not, even though they're well-done paintings, this is something that most people would find disgusting and, and not hang in their home, but they're all over his house, super mm. into him. So, well, there's also just from personal experience, there's a lot of weird stuff around the wizard of Oz. True. I I've been to shops before. Like I'll sometimes I'll just go out for a ride. You know, it's a lot more expensive to do now than it has been recently, but <laughs> you know, it's, it's one of those things where, you know, you'll just drive around, you see a shop that's kind of interesting, you you stop in. Mm-hmm. And what I saw was like kind of like a flea market. It was some kind of like marketplace for individuals to sell their stuff. So there was a lot of art and things like that in there. But there that's was cool. this back room that was more of it. It was, you know, like like signs that people had made, you know, like joke stuff that you can put around your house or in your yard or in your garage or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, like man cave stuff, whatever. But then there was one booth in particular that was full of essentially like pornographic statues that mm. appeared to be from the Wizard of Oz. Uh, um, like the ones it, we talked about, the the hentai figurines that they sell and stuff? Kind of. Yeah, it's like, um, I don't even know how to describe it. They're like statues of, you know, what's supposed to be like Dorothy. Or I think there were ones from uh, Alice in Wonderland as well. Yeah, where it's just really bizarre shit like this, mm-hmm. like what we're talking about. It's like Alice or Dorothy's like it's her, her, her. She's in her underwear, but with like the slippers or whatever. Yeah. And she's being like led around in chains or something. And it's like, this is kind of fucked up stuff. So we just left. Honestly, like we we're like, oh, this is really neat. Like there's all this like cool stuff, like, you know, paintings from local artists. There's like paintings of orcas and, you know, whatever else, like mm-hmm. kind of neat stuff and like things that support different causes. And then we find this one like creepy little booth and it's like, maybe we don't want to be in this place. How old was Dorothy supposed to be? Do you know? I I don't, I don't know how old the actress was, but I mean, I take her, uh, she's post pubescent, right? I mean, she's probably 15 or 16, but still probably Um, not of age. But things were different back then, too. You know, people were getting married when they were 15 and stuff. So so the character was created by L. Frank Baum. And it says, Baum never states, this is from Wikipedia, Baum hmm. never states Dorothy's age, but he does state in The Lost Princess of Oz that she's a year younger than Betsy Robin and a year older than Trot, whose age was specified as 10 in Ruth Plumley Thompson's The Giant Horse of Oz, putting her age at 11 by the time she comes to live in Oz. So she's a little kid. Judy Garland was 17 in 1939 when they did The Wizard of Oz. All right. Well, what, what do we have next? T- tell us more about this crazy art. 
Let's get back into that. Also included is a painting of a young blonde boy hung by his hands and arms with a tile wall behind him, also in his underwear. Many have claimed that the painting resembles Anderson Cooper, and the tile certainly resembles the pool at one of the Vanderbilt mansions where he would have spent time as a boy. There is symbolism for red shoes in the occult, and it's also tied to satanic ritualistic abuse and the trafficking of children. The Illuminati, the elite, use the Wizard of Oz to mind-control child slaves. They use certain films to program children, and part of the programming is having them watch these films, and they also sexually abuse them, and they physically abuse them because the abuse splits their personality and creates different personalities. So then they are able to program them and control them, and they virtually become MK Ultra programming. Now I want to remind everybody, we're, this is coming from an article. Mm-hmm. So the, the kind of unusual um, grammar in cadence is from this author. Sure. This is a known thing. They use the Wizard of Oz to mind control these child sex abuse victims. So they keep repeating this point over and over. Mm-hmm. Well, what does Dorothy wear in the Wizard of Oz? Red shoes. Red shoes are a great fashion choice, but how come they turned out to be a secret sign of potentially monstrous pedophile movements? Simply because it has something to do with Satanism and its own sick rules. It is said that during sacrificial rituals, the Satanists wear red shoes. Some researchers have written that they are made of human leather because when the blood drips on the shoes, it is still invisible. There are many people who simply love wearing red shoes and they wouldn't hurt a single insect, but there are also those who wear white sneakers and kill their own babies without a moment of hesitation. It also comes into question who is wearing those shoes and what amount of power that person has or could eventually have. When freelance writers accuse spirit cookers, what the fuck is that? Basically, I I think it's accusing these people of being uh, satanic, like into the occult. All right. Leading with George Soros and their media censorship buddies for the potential relations to the global epidemics of child molestation and sexual abuse, it doesn't surprise We are talking about real worms of our dimension. This is a weird article, man. It is. This is some weird stuff. Intriguing. This is like, yeah. I mean, just because you're crazy doesn't mean they're not out to get you, I guess, right? That's very true. I mean, I'm not saying this person's crazy, but if they're not, they're doing a convincing impression of someone who is. Yeah, I, I think that part of the veil that these people put up, these, you know, pedophiles, is that it is so crazy that it couldn't be true. You know what I'm saying? Like if you tie in as many conspiracies as you can to something, it takes away the credibility of, Hey, these people actually are doing this. They Mm -hmm. may not be, you know, steeped in mind control techniques or something like that, but it's actually going on. And then if you're trying to, Uh, kind of lead people away from the truth you're going to say oh yeah these people say that uh, we're actually reptilian people we're not even human beings and and stuff like that to try and discredit their uh, accusers and then you also have to look at the possibility of controlled opposition i showed you a video a while ago of a guy that i I think he was in canada but he was uh I I guess presenting to the their version of Congress or you know whatever um, and he's just having a nervous breakdown 
and mm-hmm. he's saying all these bizarre things and I looked at it and I'm like that's bullshit that's that's mm-hmm. controlled opposition somebody put that out there to make people think that this is what all LGBT whatever else activists are like you know what I mean like yeah that was put out there so we say oh well they're all completely insane and i think there's a lot of controlled opposition with this too so there are evil projects and absence of humanity masked with fake humanitarian interests sounds really like a wolf in sheep's clothing now that that makes sense Mm -hmm. unfortunately it is the gathering of the worst of the kind but not their last one that is like the digging of the hole of the inferno You start and you can't stop digging since there is no end for the horror that global pedophiles are organizing for their fun and against all rules of common sense and God. Those people are perfectly organized through their important connections and supporters in every segment of public life. They sniff together and they hunt together, covering each other with the blood of innocent. Sniff together. I'm assuming that's like a... That's a Joe Biden cut. Is it? A, is it? Wow, that's not even what I was thinking. All right, uh, some <laughs> of them are making parties where they share their sadistic sexualism and sick desires. Talking about pizza or young girls and hot dogs for young boys. The PizzaGate theories that discuss about dark sides of Democrats and their exclusive participation in global pedophile rings could be true and could also be fake news. It depends on how we see things and how we analyze them. Every day I am more shocked with the depth of malicious ignorance and the liberal ideology or whatever that is. They play with all that is valued, they risk all that is important, and they have been breaking the meaning of family for years. That is all systematically planned step by step. The church is embarrassed with their own sexual predators, hungry for beautiful boys. The politicians and businessmen are infected with their 50 shades of shame. Now that is a good line. 50 shades of shame. Our children are in danger, and not because of the filthy ladies and gentlemen with red shoes, but because of the rest of us who do nothing to stop it or to expose it. The pedophile rings are on the rise, and together with zoophilia, they are tending to color our societies in the worst sickness ever. Children go and stay missing every single day, everywhere. Parents are still searching for their angels, even when the police have stopped a long time ago. The other parents are facing up with the blue marks on the legs of their small daughters or sons trying to find if they have been touched by someone when they have been in kindergarten, school, or in church. Then there's the third level of the pedophiles project. Social media fluency and an internet universe of perverted people who seek their victims. Busy moms and dads have no time to follow up the line of their children's digital engagement and they often miss the danger from the screen. When they see, it is usually too late. We need to take those stories seriously to go with them into the core and learn how to defend those who we love. The Red Shoes Pedophiles Rings or any other pedophile ring must be detected and stopped. The real values must be brought back to our injured world that is slowly dying. So that is the end of that article. That was a lot. She she makes a lot of good points. Uh, some of the stuff you may find to be a little bit out there But guess what? A lot of the stuff we talk about is out there. And a lot of the stuff that's out there is true. And no matter how you look at this, if you don't think that protecting children 
should be our number one priority, I can't help you. And Ryan, I know you don't have any kids, but I assume that that might be in the plans one day in the future. Mm -hmm. When you have a child, you know without a doubt that you would die for that person instantly, happily. And it's just a feeling that it's hard to describe if you if you don't have a child but if you don't think that protecting kids should be our number one priority then i don't know what to say i i i can't help you i mean what do you think i think i've been bamboozled into reading that article out loud <laughs> i okay so i i think i think a lot of people have this idea of an Illuminati or Masons or whatever, like a secret society that secretly runs everything in the background mm-hmm. that are like ultra wit, rich, ultra, witch, ultra rich, ultra powerful. You know, they're having their eyes wide shut parties and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And then you had the, um, the Epstein stuff. Yeah. Let's not forget about that where they found out. Yeah. Where they found out what he was doing and now it's, you know, and, and you know, there's, there's the stuff, Cosby did, which is not necessarily pedophilia, but you know, misconduct to say mm-hmm. the least. Yeah. Um Rape. there was what's his name? Jared from uh from Subway. Subway. Yeah. Who was doing, you know, his special crimes. What what it, did he do? Does he like uh foot longs or six inches? <laughs> is he into kids? <laughs> yeah, he was into kids. That's at least that's my understanding. That was what he did. He was he would like find I don't I don't know if it would be technically specifically pedophilia because I think they were older, like they were mm-hmm. during puberty or whatever. I don't know. You know, that that that's semantics a little bit, but sure. Yeah, it was something like that. Now all this shit about red shoes, like I could totally see there being like signs sure. that identify you as somebody who's like open to something. Mm-hmm. You know, the way that we heard like years ago about that politician who like put his foot up against somebody else that's like in a bathroom stall or whatever. Yeah. And it's like a sign, like, are you down for this? No, yeah. yes. You know, like that kind of thing. I mean, it's, it even goes to organizations like the Freemasons. There are certain signs that Freemasons make mm-hmm. to identify themselves. Well, it was originally supposed to be putting your hands up was mm-hmm. a sign of Freemasonry. And that's why people started doing that when, you know, um, they had guns pointed at them. Everybody thinks that it's, oh, to show that I have no weapons, I, I'm not a threat. But in reality, it was a Masonic sign, right? Like, hmm. hey, I'm a Freemason. Don't shoot me. I didn't know that. Yeah, I, I know that there are like symbols for like, you know, distress or whatever that are related to that group. Like, anyway. Mm-hmm. So I feel like what you said could be true that it once you mix in all this extra stuff about like brainwashing and disidentity, disassociative identity disorder brought on by this abuse, you know, and then you get into like rituals and cults and things like that. It gets to the point where it's like, I just don't buy any of this anymore. Mm-hmm. It, it's so we've talked about Occam's razor before. Mm hmm. You know, Sir William of Ockham, I think, was actually the guy's name, which now I'm going to Google that because I don't want to sound like an absolute moron. Mm -hmm. 
Well, you never sound like an absolute moron unless you're reading <clears throat> things that I've written out incorrectly. <laughs> yeah. Okay, William of Ockham. I don't know if there's a sir on there or not. Anyway, he was an English philosopher. Everybody's heard of Ockham's razor. It's overly simplified to be uh, the simplest explanation is usually true. Mm-hmm. Which is an oversimplification of that idea. It's actually, it, it would be, I think, more accurate to say the explanation with the least number of assumptions is mm-hmm. true, is more likely to be true. So in this case, there's an assumption like so if you believe everything this person is saying in this article mm-hmm. you have to assume that there are satanic cults carrying out these rituals you have to assume the democrats specifically are involved we'll get into that you have to assume that they've adopted the wizard of oz as like part of their programming and this red shoes thing as their symbol there are a lot of assumptions that have to go into it. Now, if it was just people in power who want to do things with kids, do it because they know they can get away with it. That's all. The only assumption that requires is that those two conditions are true. Right. Somebody in a position of power can get away with it and they can find kids or mm-hmm. pay for access to kids or however that's going to end up working. Mm-hmm that's a little bit easier to believe than all of the stuff that we just read. And especially the way it's written. Sure. Cause you like for the listeners out there, this article was very strangely written. Like as weird as it was for us to go through it in the comments we were making on it, you had rewritten some of it to make mm-hmm. it easier to digest. Mm-hmm. I was kind of trying to <laughs> massage it as I went through because some of it was just worded really strangely. It, I don't know. It's almost like a thought canceling thing. It's like, it sounds so bizarre. You wouldn't want to believe any of it. So it could be a thing to discredit the idea entirely. This could be like a, you know, a a false flag kind of thing. Yeah. Do you, are you familiar with sigil magic? Yeah. Okay. And obviously everyone out there is familiar with (laughs) karma. So it's a big theory that these, elites where you know wherever they may be seated in society are using sigil magic they're putting things out there to protect their karma that way they can go back and say yeah we put the red shoes out there that should have been a sign uh we had these fucking disgusting paintings of children tied up in red shoes that should be a sign if you guys don't pick up on the signs it's your own damn fault we tried to, you know, put our signs out there for you guys to inspect or, or detect or however you want to say it. We put the signs out there. It's your fault. And yeah, whether it's true about the red shoes and all that is kind of irrelevant because the signs are out there and nobody's doing shit. So they are winning. Uh, who's the most? Do you have anything else you want to say on that? I'm not saying that I disagree. I'm just saying that was a lot to take in written in a, in a way that was very convincing that it is probably not true. Oh man. Uh, so we had, uh, the gal from, uh, wizard of Oz, Julie, what was her Garland. name? Judy, Judy Garland. Garland. How could I forget that? Uh, okay. So second most famous child star ever from home alone, Macaulay Culkin, right? 
super famous, even though he's all drugged out now and kind of looks like a walking corpse, you can still recognize him. Uh, so he does look like he hasn't aged particularly well. He doesn't look like he's lived the easiest life. Right. So he's been through some stuff, right? Yeah. Uh, so Macaulay Culkin recently did an interview on a French radio station. He lives in Paris now. And he said that the satanic Hollywood elites use children during rituals. And he says, I was lucky to escape the big screen. Former child star Macaulay Culkin has blown the whistle on the entertainment industry elite to reveal that Hollywood studio executives are, quote, bloodthirsty Satanists, end quote, who ritualistically, quote, murder child actors, end quote. The Home Alone stars exposed movie business execs as satanic pedophiles who ritually abuse children in the industry. Culkin claims he only got out alive because he was, quote, a smart and suspicious kid who got too famous to be killed like some of the other kids. He says, quote, you learn very early to recognize which of them want to abuse you and which of them have even darker tastes. He went on to explain that the worst of them wear shoes made out of the skin of children that they ritually murdered. They are clearly made of leather, but what kind of leather? What can be the meaning of all those red shoes? They are high-ranked members of the secret society and red has so many significances for them, including Satanism. Looking at those leather shoes, the vile smiles and Culkin's statement shows that the significance can be blood and skin and the memory of what they do together. Something like the famous handkerchief that they store. So, kids with the red shoes can just be a hidden meaning of what is going to happen to them. What about these red shoes? Culkin dropped a huge truth bomb during a radio interview in Paris saying, Have you ever seen leather products made from human skin? It has a very unusual, distinctive look. I learned at a very young age to identify it. The news was picked up by French media with mainstream French newspapers quickly reporting on the explosive interview. However, within an hour of publication, all reports began to disappear, with previously published articles suddenly being scrubbed from the internet. French news outlet Les Echos deleted their article shortly after it started to go viral, but has not responded to questions regarding why they removed it within an hour of publication and if they were pressured to do so. All right, so that's a lot to, to digest. Um, we're going to go into it a little bit further, but I do think it's interesting that these were scrubbed from the internet and it could be something as simple as the quote-unquote news agency or publication or whatever is trying to avoid uh, a lawsuit. So mm. that could be it. But if you publish quotes from someone else, does that leave you open for uh, libel? I mean, I don't see how it could. If you're saying this person said this on the radio, that's a fact. Now, yeah, what know. that person's I mean, saying may not be facts, but if they said it, it's a fact and you should be protected. I don't know what the laws are in France. Yeah, as far that's as that what goes. I was about to say. Laws are different all over. So who knows? We are one of the few countries that has some semblance of freedom of speech, uh, but we'll get into that in a little bit. So a little bit more 
Culkin said that when he was 11, the first time he saw human leather, he said he was filming Home Alone 2 in New York when he was ushered into a back room on the set. There was a guy in there. Uh, and, and this is a quote. There was a guy in there, a powerful executive suit type. You know what I mean? He tried to make me relax by giving me a can of Coke. Catch the wave. Uh, he started telling me about the nature of the industry. Basically, he wanted me to cut my parents out. He wanted to be my guardian. And I think that that's fairly common where these child stars blow up and sometimes the parents do get in the way like Lindsay Lohan but they want to have complete control over everything so Culkin went on to say that this man unidentified said he would make me into the biggest teen star in history he said I had it all but I had to get rid of my parents I was like dude I'm 11 and he said you're a man now Culkin, who has been living in Paris since 2003, then explained that the man, quote, began to make his intentions clear. He started breathing really shallow. My experience with perverts kicked in. I could tell he was interested in me. He licked his lips and told me I was very handsome. I think I managed to say thank you and started thinking about how I could get the fuck out of there. Dude, I'm 11. Then he reached into his case and took out a crack pipe. He put it in his lap, took out this huge lighter, and continued to gaze at me with this overpowering sexual desire. I was just staring at him. I think I said something like, dude, I'm 11, again. I remember he said to me, it's a celebration, little man, to celebrate your upcoming success, your many successes. Come, sit back down. He was tapping the pipe on his crotch, smiling, his total creepazoid smile. I ran out of the room, but I ran straight into this other guy who was outside the room. He grabbed me by the arm and threw me back inside. The man lit the pipe and blew smoke in my face. He told me to look at his shoes. He said they were made from the skin of children he and his friends had murdered. He said, leather made from human skin is the finest leather known to man. So, what do you think? Do you take him at his word? I don't know. I could definitely believe that somebody would have approached him mm -hmm. in a way kind of similar to this. But it's like uh, before before we started recording, you and I were talking about the Batman. Uh -huh. And you were saying one of your issues with that movie was the way that the uh, DA just started spilling his guts right. to Selena Kyle. Like he, mm -hmm. she just did hardly anything. She was supposed to be like seductive or whatever, but she was just like, hey, what's going on? And he's like, I'm doing this illegal stuff and that illegal stuff and blah, blah, mm -hmm. blah. And I, I just, I can't imagine a guy who's been getting away with this shit mm -hmm. would just bring this kid in and be like, look, I've been killing kids and making shoes out of them. And you should come sit on my lap and smoke crack and whatever. It's like, it's very, I'm not sure what he would be trying to achieve by doing that. If he's trying to like relax him mm -hmm. and actually abuse him. I don't know why you would add in the, the things about murdering and human leather. Well, I think that people get off on power and get off on saying whatever they want to say, knowing that nothing can be done about it. As far as the crack goes, crack is extremely addictive and you can be just completely hooked off of one hit. So boom, you get him hooked on crack, you own him. 
right? Mm -hmm. That's the way I see it. Um, he kind of has disappeared from the spotlight. I mean, I don't, I, I don't know of anything after Party Monster that he's actually been in, and he's kind of, I, I think, preferred the shadows more than the spotlight. So, what would he have to gain by saying this? I don't know. He could have been screwed over by the guy uh, somehow, some way, and it's a an attempt to, you know, exact revenge. But he didn't say the guy's name. And again, I did not listen to the interview, obviously, because it's in French. So there's a possibility that there could be a word or two that maybe doesn't translate perfectly. But most of what we have read are direct quotes from Culkin himself. I was actually looking at a Reuters report about that article saying that they were unable to find any like initial sources. They had some, you know, like copied text, which was like you said, in French, it did say the same thing though. I took three years of French. I can, I can read it. I can understand it kind of, um, it was kind of random. Okay. But it wound up being a good choice because I was one of like three guys out of a class of 30. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, most of the guys took uh, German or Spanish. Yeah. But I took Got French it. and it was it was the right choice. Yeah, the Reuter report said that they can't find anything to substantiate it. And when they reached out to Culkin's like people, like his representatives, mm -hmm. they said that that uh, it wasn't something he said. So who knows? Hmm. Well, but that's part of the problem here is if you're saying the whole system covers everything up, right? Was Reuters in on it or, or Culkin's people in on it or are they all in on it? You know? Well, if you're looking, I mean, I know Reuters isn't a fact checking service, but I think that most of the fact checking services that we've seen have been exposed as total bullshit. And there have been, um, I don't have the article in front of me, obviously, but basically Facebook has come out and just admitted that the fact checking, a lot of it is just opinion. You know, everything mm. is twisted and it's more somebody's opinion than it is fact checking. Because when I think of fact checking, I think of, hey, this person said they had three degrees from two different law schools. And then you say, no, you only have one degree and you finished 300th in your class, not top of your class and three different things. That's fact checking to me. Not, I don't think that Macaulay Culkin was being honest in this interview. And I think there's mm -hmm. a lot of bullshit fact checking out there like that. But in any case, let's talk about another child star that Macaulay Culkin brought up. Uh, he said that the Hollywood executive then dropped a heavy hint about the provenance of the skin used to make his shoes. He asked me if I knew Heather O'Rourke. That's kind of a hard name to say, even though. Hmm. And Culkin replied, yeah, I remember her. I grew up watching Poltergeist. I remember, I remembered her in Happy Days. She was so cute. Then it dawned on me what he was getting at, and I vomited all over his shoes. The red shoes. 
Heather O'Rourke was an American child actress discovered by director Steven Spielberg when she was visiting MGM Studios and later cast as Carol Ann Freeling in the horror film Poltergeist. She had the movie's most recognizable line. After years in the Hollywood system, Heather O'Rourke died suddenly and unexpectedly at the age of 12. The official cause of death was listed as, quote, heart attack and septic shock, end quote, caused by a, quote, misdiagnosed intestinal stenosis, end quote, in 1988. Though many people were left wondering if there was more to the tragic story. Let's just say I went off the rails after my experiences filming Home Alone 2. I'm 37 now, and I'm still processing everything. So he's insinuating that this Hollywood executive is insinuating, so there's two insinuations here, that Heather O'Rourke's death was not a sudden intestinal stenosis, that it was caused by something else, Uh, namely a, a Hollywood elite deciding that she needed to die. So... That's that kind of wraps it up for the uh, Macaulay Culkin segment, I guess, if you will. But I thought that was something that was very interesting. I think people needed to hear it. And it's not, you know, some no name kid that appeared on one Nickelodeon show. This is a I mean, he's still a superstar, right? I mean, maybe, you know, 10, 12, 14 year olds might not know who he is but i think everybody's seen home alone right uh, yeah they at least know about it yeah all right we'll talk about the genesis of pro pedophilia legislation after a quick break hey my name is ryan and I'm pretty sure I'm Joe. And we are the hosts of Movie Hell, a podcast all about movies and pop culture. We're two buddies who talk about this stuff anyway and wanted to share our own madness with all of you. Yeah, we have these discussions anyway and rant and rave about movies, TV, and pop culture in general, so why not share it? The objective of Movie Hell is to bring you reviews and discussions of flops to avoid, new stuff to see, and hidden gems that might end up being your new favorite. Whether you're looking for that perfect movie for Friday night or wondering if anybody else found Mr. Nobody as unsettling as you did, I'm sure there's something for everyone to enjoy. And if not, let us know and we can always learn and improve. Ah, boy, do we have room to improve. You can listen to Movie How on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Overcast, and pretty much anywhere else fine podcasts are curated. There's something going on here. Do you love true crime? Can't get enough? You need to check out Exploring Evil, the true crime podcast that covers lesser-known and international serial killers, bizarre murders, and murders with a paranormal twist. Did you know there was a serial killer who only killed murderers and pedophiles? The real-life Dexter is covered in a recent episode of Exploring Evil. You can find Exploring Evil on your favorite podcast platform.
Welcome back to Cryptique. So I think we should go over some statistics real quick from victimsofcrime.org. So these are child sexual abuse statistics. The prevalence of child sexual abuse is difficult to determine because it is often not reported. Experts agree that the incidence is far greater than what is reported to authorities. That's important. Yeah. CSA is also not uniformly defined, so statistics may vary. The statistics here represent some of the research done on child sexual abuse. Studies by David Finkelhor. Yes. Which, there's just no way to get around that. That looks like how that's pronounced. The director of Crimes Against Children Research Center show that 1 in 5 girls and 1 in 20 boys is a victim of child sexual abuse. Self-report studies show that 20% of adult females and 5-10% to of adult males recall a childhood sexual assault or sexual abuse incident. During a one-year period in the U.S., 16% of youths ages 14 to 17 had been sexually victimized. Over the course of their lifetime, 28% of U.S. youths ages 14 to 17 had been sexually victimized. Children are most vulnerable to CSA between the ages of 7 and 13. According to a 2003 National Institute of Justice report, three out of four adolescents who have been sexually assaulted were victimized by someone they knew well. A Bureau of Justice statistics report shows 1.6% of children between the ages of 12 and 17 were victims of rape or sexual assault. A study conducted in 1986 found that 63% of women who had suffered sexual abuse by a family member also reported a rape or attempted rape after the age of 14. And real quick, that's really interesting because it seems somehow these predators know that this person has already suffered a trauma. Whether they admit it to that person or not, these predators, they have like this sixth sense of knowing what children would be make the easiest victims i think and that's Mm. super scary yeah recent studies in 2000 2002 and 2005 have all concluded similar results children who had an experience of rape or attempted rape in their adolescent years were 13.7 times more likely to experience rape or attempted rape in their first year of college a child who is the victim of prolonged sexual abuse usually develops low self-esteem a feeling of worthlessness and an abnormal or distorted view of sex The child may become withdrawn and mistrustful of adults and can become suicidal. Children who do not live with both parents as well as children living in homes marked by parental discord, divorce, or domestic violence have a higher risk of being sexually abused. In the vast majority of cases where there is credible evidence that a child has been penetrated, only between 5 and 15% of those children will have genital injuries consistent with sexual abuse. Child sexual abuse is not solely restricted to physical contact. Such abuse could include non-contact abuse such as exposure, voyeurism, and child pornography. So those are just some statistics that we wanted to put out there that I think help kind of paint a picture of all this, right? Hmm. All right, you want to talk about pro-pedophile legislation history? Sure. You sound excited. I am so stoked. As Obama won the presidency in 2008 and entered the White House in January 2009, the House Once of the People became the House of Black Cards. The tsunami of un-American bills and proposals hit Congress and the House affirms unconstitutional bills one after the other. Why all this rush? 
Because the people who have spent millions and influenced the election of a community organizer, Senator Barack Obama, have not paid to be kept waiting in line. It was time to return the favor. Pedophile sympathizers and MAP, aka minor attracted people, have been popping up like toxic mushrooms from every corner, and it seemed they have been activated by a code or secret authorization which protects them. We're not talking about a psychic putting out a secret cipher into the ether and them, you know, receiving this thing. We're talking about basically kind of getting a green light, right? Hmm. But what was the authorization? When we learned about the former U.S. House Majority Leader Tom DeLay, who claimed the Obama Department of Justice had drafted a memo to legalize 12, quote, perversions, including bestiality, pedophilia, and polygamy, we were convinced that this might have been the turning point for these pedophiles to find the courage to come out and announce their glorious identity of being a pedophile, child molester, rapist. So the hope was that they would be exposed. But... We don't, we don't always get what we want. But Obama didn't make them wait. It was 2009 when the bill to protect pedophiles was introduced and passed by Congress. Were we aware of the nation's first Pedophile Protection Act? According to the disgraceful act, it is necessary to enable doctors and teachers and others who work with children to perform their work without fear of wrongful accusations. Did we hear that right? Adults working without fear of wrongful accusations, not wrongful actions. The bill was not, quote, to protect children against doctors and teachers' wrongdoings, but protects molester doctors and teachers from being accused. So, the bill which became law shuts up the children who may have been molested and protects the pedophile doctor-teacher who have molested them. Isn't that a beautiful justice system? Was this the reason for the abuse when Project Veritas caught the teachers union president and the school system enabling child abuse, cover it up and let it pass because, quote, nobody was there to witness the abuse. And as they said, nobody will believe the child. This despicable bill offered by Representative William Marsh was defended by him with this statement. If the person charged is innocent, they will have little ability to defend themselves as the only testimony is that of a young child who may not be able to provide a reliable story. Pay attention to this phrase, as the only testimony is that of a young child who may not be able to provide a reliable story. Provide? This is literally saying, don't listen to the molested child as he or she is just a child and shouldn't be considered as reliable. So we talked about earlier with the statistics that, what, what did they say, 85% of them are probably not reported? I believe it was just a large percentage are likely unreported or are reported to varying degrees because of a kind of perhaps a misinterpretation of what counts. Sure. So basically... A large majority of child sexual assaults are not reported. And then for the ones that are being reported, this bill is basically saying that there needs to be evidence. When we just found out that, what was it, five? Let me go back here. Uh, okay. Between 5 and 15% of those children will have genital injuries consistent with sexual abuse meaning that there's no physical evidence. So 
if someone rapes a child and there's no physical evidence, we're not supposed to believe the child. That's what I'm reading here. That's what I'm getting at. Do you have anything you want to add to that? Not particularly. Not at this moment. This is literally saying, don't listen to the molested child as he or she is just a child and shouldn't be considered as reliable. This was the first Pedophile Protection Act in the history of America, but not the only one. Let's take a look at the first one before we go through the rest of them. A piece of proposed legislation in New Hampshire was reportedly introduced with the intention of protecting against wrongful convictions, but opponents are saying it will protect pedophiles and sexual predators. According to local news reports, lawmakers held a hearing on a proposed bill that was designed to protect against wrongful convictions, but the bill requires victims of sexual assault to corroborate their allegations if the accused has no prior convictions. However, the bill does not provide a definition of corroboration. The bill was introduced in the aftermath of the conviction of Foad Afshar, a New Hampshire psychotherapist who a jury found guilty of molesting an underage client during an appointment. Afshar claims he was wrongfully convicted. Opponents of the bill appeared at the hearing and denounced the proposal. The harshest criticism appears to have come from a police sergeant from a department in Concord, New Hampshire. He said, quote, it's really nothing short of the nation's first pedophile protection act. And that was Sergeant Sean Ford that uh, made that statement. So the bill's sponsor, Representative William Marsh and other supporters of the proposal believe it's necessary to enable doctors, teachers, and others who work with children to perform their work without fear of wrongful accusations. Well, my wife's a teacher. She has no fear at all of wrongful accusations. I was a youth minister at my church, and they had a little program you had to go through. I never, ever had a fear of a wrongful accusation. I don't drive down the street and think, oh my God, the cops are going to pull me over and think I have a bunch of guns. You know what I mean? Like, if, mm. if you're really worried about that, I think that says something about what's going on in your heart. That's my opinion. Maybe not yours. What do you think? I have a camera in my office. Mm -hmm. Because it's always possible to be wrongly accused of something. Okay. I mean, the whole Amber Heard, Johnny Depp trial that just happened. I don't know if you're interested in that or if you paid any attention to it. I or... paid no attention. It was a smokescreen to cover up the rest of the shit that's going on. But go ahead. I mean, it could be, yeah. I mean, a sideshow to be like, hey, ignore the wars and the right. concentration camps in China and stuff like that. But yeah. Okay, so you talked about freedom of speech earlier. Mm -hmm. I just listened to this report about, well, I mean, there are articles about it. There are also podcasts about it, whatever, mm -hmm. saying that the U.S. was ranked number 44 in terms of like the freedom our press has to report on things. And it's not that journalists are not at liberty to report on it. It's that, or that it's the government restricting things, but it's often organizations who do that. Mm -hmm. You know, Gina Carano was fired from the Mandalorian for refusing to put pronouns in her Twitter bio or her Twitter name. You know, she put like beep, bop, boop or something like that instead of she, her, what, whatever she was supposed to have put. Mm -hmm. Um, Johnny Depp was fired from the uh, Pirates movies because uh -huh. Amber Heard accused him of abusing her. Sure. 
and they went through all this stuff and there was apparently a recording that they brought up in court where she was saying like go ahead tell people i abused you who's gonna believe you okay you know so it's one of these things where is censorship and just sort of a lack of due process Mm -hmm. on the part of a lot of companies when it comes to being accused of something like being accused of something is as good as being convicted of it in some cases you know companies will distance themselves it's like um that scene since we talked about batman from the dark knight where fox goes to china Mm -hmm. and he's like you know sorry we we can't do business because we can't be seen to do business with whatever it is you're acute with whatever it is you're accused of being sure you know and it's like there are so many companies that do that and you can just ruin your reputation ruin your career by being accused of something you didn't do so it's just one of these things when i was putting up you know like i have to have security stuff sure for my insurance like it's part of like what i have to have i have to have motion sensors and all this other crap gotcha I was like, okay, well, the safe and whatever's in my office, so I might as well put that in there. And then I also have this thing, so if somebody ever is like, oh, you know, Ryan asked me to do this when he brought me into his office alone. It's like, nope, there's a camera in there, there's recordings, there's audio, there's whatever. Like, I don't care about, you know, there being a camera that there's like a company monitoring in my office. I care about being able to prove whether or not something actually happened. Okay. Because it's always possible. It's possible. I mean, in somebody who's such an advocate of privacy, you know, like you are, mm-hmm. it saying the idea that like you shouldn't be worried about being falsely accused, like if you're worried about being falsely accused, there's something wrong with you. It's like the same as saying like, well, you know, these people who are like, well, why are you worried about your privacy unless you have something to hide? True. That's that's a good point. It's a little different, though, because w- when you're talking about accusations by a, I mean, children are marginalized as it is. They are the system that we have set up for, you know, children without without parents is awful. So those children mm-hmm. are marginalized from the beginning. The orphanages they grow up are ju- in are just like prisons. Um, I think that this bill basically is saying, hey, if they don't have video of it, they don't have injuries from it, it never happened. Now, how would the feminist movement feel if this was put in their terms? If it was not necessarily like, oh, it's a woman, so don't believe her, but as in, oh, it's an accuser, and there's no evidence, so it's probably bullshit. That's that's what I feel is coming out in this in this wording. And we'll get mm-hmm. into the, the strange wording of the bill in in a minute. But I I see your point about not worrying about privacy if you're not doing anything wrong. The difference is if if I look up something five years ago on uh uh, just a conspiracy, we'll say, right? Um, conspiracy A. Five years down the road, they can come back and say, well, you know, this information was illegal for you to access, or you can be charged with something down the road that's not illegal 
right now, but in the future it could be. And I just don't, I don't trust them to have uh, like grandfather clauses where, Hey, this wasn't illegal back then. I don't know. I just, it, it seems similar, but the fact is that these kids are, I mean, their lives are ruined, right? It, it's, it, it's a similar point, but I, I think that when we're talking about children who are accusing people of sexual assault and rape, it's a little different than me saying, no, I don't want the government to know that I looked up a page on amputee fetish. <laughs> mm. That's but, true. If you weren't using DuckDuckGo, you'd probably be in a special file with the FBI for all the uh, research we do for this. Absolutely. Uh, that's why I use your name. Um, <laughs> no. That explains that van that was parked outside. <laughs> so you definitely don't want anybody who is falsely accused of anything to get in trouble for it. doesn't matter if it's, you know, shoplifting a pack of gum or uh, raping a child. The, it, our system is set up to protect the innocent. And I don't think we need more legislation to further protect the innocent because I think it's being done. And we'll talk about FOAD in, in a few minutes, but in New Hampshire state history, he's the only one that's been accused in nine years. He's mm-hmm. the only one. It's not like there's an epidemic of, you know, false accusations of sexual abuse. There's just not. Mm-hmm. I mean, we we know that most of them don't go reported, right? So I don't know. I, I don't think that there's an epidemic of children accusing people of falsely accusing people of sexual assault. In fact, I think that there is a lot of sexual assault that takes place where there's never any accusation at all. Opponents, including prosecutors and police, generally opposed the change because they believed it will make it more difficult to obtain convictions and cause already reluctant victims to come forward. Hey, your daughter got raped, but there's no physical evidence, so there's no point in even talking about it. It's just null and void, I guess. But why didn't we hear about this bill? Should have been on every news agency's first page. Why did CNN, MSNBC, CBS, BBC, Fox, and none of the other major news outlets not publish the report? Just a few local agencies, because they're protected and run by these people. We know this. We know that these news organizations are basically owned by a lot of the people that are being accused of these things, right? And I'm not saying that necessarily makes them guilty, but it sure helps when you can cover it up on the mainstream news, which is where everybody gets their news. Mm. Why should they shed light on it and give a platform to opponents? Wasn't this the reason for us to know about it in 2018 after almost 10 years? The Daily Beast was the only newspaper to report it in 2017. Now, this died on the table, but it was presented later by another sponsor and was passed with an amendment. Left untreated, these victims are likely to become the next generation of predators. Marsh's claim that state psychologists are afraid to treat victims of sexual abuse fearing a similar fate seems to be a stretch. 
Criminal cases against mental health providers in New Hampshire are incredibly rare. Afshar's is the only complaint that has led to criminal prosecution since the New Hampshire's Board of Psychologists began regulating the profession in 2013. The bill's co-sponsor, Republican Jess Edwards, testified that without a change in law, retirees like himself could be dissuaded from working with troubled youth in programs like Big Brothers, Big Sisters of America because of the chance of being falsely accused of sexual abuse. And I'm so sure that this politician is like, oh, I can't wait until I'm 80 and I'm finally too fucking old to be on Congress. And... Hmm. I want to go to work for Big Brothers, Big Sisters. That kind of just seems like a bullshit thing to say. But anyway, go ahead. The social cost of discouraging adults from engaging youth populations is extremely high, Edwards wrote in his official testimony. A third sponsor, Democrat Mary Heath, withdrew her support in response to fierce opposition. Objections came from varied organizations, including the New Hampshire Coalition Against Domestic and Sexual Violence, the County Attorneys Association the New Hampshire Chiefs of Police, and the New Hampshire Psychologist Association, which wrote in a statement that sexual assault victims already face significant challenges when seeking justice and corroborating evidence is not always available. This proposed change places a higher onus on victims and may especially disadvantage children. Sexual assault, especially of a minor, is a clandestine crime. Clandestine? Clandestine. Yeah. Sexual assault, especially of a minor, is a clandestine crime, as the bill's opponents have all noted. Bruises, ripped clothing, or eyewitnesses are hard to come by. Child molesters aren't known to commit their crimes in the presence of others, and often exert power over their victims by telling them that no one will believe them. So, we are in a society where generally we defer to experts, correct? Like, Mm. you know, doctors say, don't you have symptoms, don't Google it. Come in and talk to me or you're going to think you've been abducted by aliens and you've got anal probes and stuff like that. Come mm-hmm. and talk to the doctor, right? Yeah. When you were setting up your bar, did you do every little thing by yourself or did you reach out and say, hey, you're a banker. What do I need to do to make this happen? And hey, you're a lawyer. What do I need to do to make this happen? You defer to experts, right? Right like the New Hampshire Coalition Against Domestic and Sexual Violence or the County Attorneys Association or the New Hampshire Chiefs of Police or the New Hampshire Psychologist Association. All experts, in my opinion, maybe not meeting the definition of legal experts in a court of law, but in my mind, if if I need information or I need advice, these are the people that I'm going to reach out to, right? So... Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I think a lot of this stuff boils down to type one and type two errors. I was just talking to somebody the other day because I'm so exciting about statistics and probability. Mm -hmm. We were talking about the ways that I did some of the projections for the business Mm -hmm. because it's hard in, in a hospitality type business where you're selling something that isn't necessary. Mm hmm to gauge how business is going to be. So the easiest way for me to do that, given that I have a master's in the subject is statistics and probability models. Mm -hmm. You know, the probability of people coming in, the probability of them, you know, them ordering something in particular can help you find like what an average ticket is going to be and whatever. Yeah. And a problem 
in statistics is how to set your um, level of confidence when you're okay. looking for statistical changes, when you're looking for statistical significance, mm-hmm. meaning that variable X has changed over time, but we want to be sure that it changed for a reason and it's not just random chance, right? Sure. So type one error is rejecting a hypothesis that is actually true. Okay. So saying, no, this looks like random chance, but actually it really was a change that was caused by the thing you're looking at. Type two is the opposite. But the first would be just a mistake on the part of the person who's doing the calculations. Not exactly. Okay. And type two would be the opposite. It's where you fail to reject a hypothesis that is actually false. So it's, you know, false positive, false negative, basically. Gotcha. And your level of confidence is basically just saying, I want to be 95% sure. You know, 95% of the time, this level of variance is going to have to be caused by some external factor. Gotcha. Right. So there's always a balance. It's like, you know, you can say, well, we're 99% confident, but that means you're probably, you know, there are probably scenarios that you're looking for that you're not picking up. Right. Because you have your confidence set so high. I know this is mathematical and it's whatever, but this seems like the same thing to me. It's we want to be sure that the cases we are trying and the convictions we are getting are real. Sure. That we are not having false positives. We're not hitting type one errors. We want to make the burden of proof higher, which in, you know, in, in basic trials, I think it's supposed to be, can you prove something beyond a reasonable doubt? Mm -hmm. So, I think a lot of this is coming down to a balance between those. Do we want okay. to tolerate more false positives or more false negatives? Right. Do we want to accidentally not convict people who really did do something? Or are we more tolerant of getting more people, like convicting more people, but... Getting an innocent person. Pretty much inevitably, yeah. In a system that's large enough, in a large enough you know, group, you're mm-hmm. going to convict somebody wrongly. Sure. Like if you're if you're going with a thing that's like, hey, we don't need any physical evidence, you're eventually going to get somebody who didn't actually do anything. And it's the same way the other way. If you don't if you require uh, or if you require physical evidence, you're going to not be able to catch people who are clever enough to not leave physical evidence, which is already projected to be at least 85% of the people mm-hmm. are not going to have corroborating evidence. Right. So that only 5 to 15% have like injuries consistent with what they actually went through. Right. Okay. So, I mean, I agree with you. I, I don't think that that is the intent of the bill based on some of the stuff we will talk about, but it's good that we disagree and it's good that, you well, make, I'm not disagreeing. Uh, I'm just saying that's what this could be. Like, okay. that is a reasonable explanation. It is. It is. And had things been worded differently in some of this legislation, I think it would be more believable to be exactly what you're saying as opposed to what we're going to get into. Right. In 2013, California Congresswoman Jackie Spire, a Democrat, 
proposed another bill to federalize a state law that protects pedophiles. Spire's bill was designed to prohibit counseling to change a person's sexual orientation. That is totally understandable. But sexual orientation change efforts means any practices by mental health providers that seek to change an individual's sexual orientation. Okay, we're talking about LGBTQ? Fine. But what is getting attached to the end of that? That's what the question is. According to this bill, a mental health provider should not make any attempt to change the client's sexual orientation. And if he does, according to this bill, the counselor could be sanctioned if there was an attempt to get a pedophile to change his behavior or speak negatively about their behavior as it relates to sexuality. So, in effect, and this was passed in California, so maybe you have a different interpretation, but what I'm getting out of this is if John Doe goes to a counselor and is distraught and says, I have an attraction to children, what can I do? I need to get this out of me. That counselor is prevented from making an attempt to get this person to change his behavior or even speak negatively about their behavior as it results to sexuality. To me, that is insane. That is, to me, again, is no different than someone going in and say, listen, I'm having sexual issues. I cannot, how's the best way to say it? I'm trying to remain tasteful. So if, if a person goes in and says, hey man, I am, the only way I can get off is by killing people. Does that make that a sexual orientation? I mean, we talked about if the only way a person can ejaculate is by stabbing somebody, then that's technically a sexual orientation, right? Hmm. Perhaps. So if a person goes in and says, dude, I'm a pedophile. I can't stop thinking about children. All I want to do is have sex with kids. Then that counselor can't even say, nope, that's not the right way to do things. You know, we have to get to the bottom of this and, and find a way for you to repress or work out this emotion. So anyway, long story short, Republicans tried to add an amendment specifying that pedophilia is not covered as an orientation so just to be perfectly clear, a lot of this is slanted as blaming the Democrats for everything. And to a large degree, it seems that that's where the evidence points. But we're not saying that it's just Democrats or just Republicans or just Hollywood execs or, or whatever. This is an everybody problem. And it's obvious that there's pedophiles in every level of society whether it be you know the guy on the street that's eating a can of beans that was given to him because somebody saw him in traffic with a homeless sign or up to the most powerful person in the world whoever that may be um bob chapek who the ceo of disney i think oh well i I'm think sure the that most powerful people in the world are not who we think they are Oh, yeah, absolutely. If if they're the most powerful person, you don't know their name. That's for sure. Right. 
The Democrats knew that by labeling pedophilia as a sexual orientation, discrimination laws apply and pedophiles cannot be barred from jobs such as teaching preschool based on their pedophilia. How many bills like this have been passed in different states? This is why they have become so arrogant to have pages and websites and attack us claiming they are subjected to hate speech as we offend their sexuality. And by us, I mean me, that I that their their sexuality is evil. I mean, I'm sorry. I, I'm not saying that every pedophile is like, ha, 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 I'm going to figure out a way to ruin children. But essentially, that's what they do. Mm. Um, whether they set out to do it or not. And this bill actually protects them against hate speech, which hate speech is a bad thing. I understand that. But it it's presented as being offensive to their sexuality. Well, guess what? I don't give a fuck. If you want to fuck kids, I don't care if you're offended by me pissing you off or whatever. I mean, who cares? I, I, I understand everybody's got a right to this and a right to that. But I mean, at some point we have to say it is what it is. How far does it go? Although the law does not specifically mention pedophilia in its explanation, pedophilia is named as one of the protected sexual orientations. The next Pedophile Protection Act not only protects pedophilia as a sexual orientation, but also considers the objection of opponents as a hate crime. The degradation of morality in the Obama era under the sinister bill that accompanied the H.R. 1913 Hate Crimes Bill Section 909 criminalized Christianity and gave a special protection to pedophiles. A combination of the Pedophile Protection Act along with the hate crimes bill presented below was the turning point towards criminalizing Christianity and protecting sexual deviant activities as sexual preferences. They attach a bunch of bullshit to these things and that's what corrupts them, right? Hmm. A bill which makes 547 deviances as legal sexual orientations and by verbally oppose them, you could be convicted of a hate crime. The list includes incest, a sexual preference, necrophilia, a se or, or I should say a sexual orientation. So is incest a sexual orientation? Necrophilia, having sex with a dead body, is that an orientation? I mean, the corpse cannot... Uh, consent yeah so uh pedophilia obviously sex with an underage child zoophilia bestiality a crime in many states where's PETA when some dude in red shoes is banging a cocker spaniel that's not a sexual orientation oh my gosh i want that audio so <laughs> i oh man that's gonna be a text tone <clears throat> Uh, voyeurism, which we talked about, is a way that many children are sexually abused and is a criminal offense in most states. Meaning, if you have a fetish that you like to watch little boys in the locker room at the pool and you go and watch them while they change, now that's considered a sexual orientation? Fronterism or frontoyerism, I don't even know how to say it, a man rubbing against an unknown woman's buttocks. 
that's a sexual assault. You can't be touching booty out there, dude. Keep your hands to yourself. It's not a sexual orientation. It's crime. Coprophilia, sexual arousal from feces. Now, that's just nasty. If you're doing it yourself, then whatever. But is that, I, I mean, an orientation? <laughs> or urophilia, sexual arousal from urine. If you're doing these things, and these are just some examples, I wanted to put some out there, too, that were not crimes that necessarily had a victim, right? Because in bestiality, the animal is being uh, a victim of a crime, right? Coprophilia, if you're into poop and you do it by yourself or with consenting adults, do your thing, dude. It's gross, but whatever. Same thing with urophilia, sexual arousal from urine. Uh, But the House Republicans tried to add amendments stating that pedophilia is not a protected sexual orientation, but they were blocked. Now, we can talk about the previous bill protecting the innocent, but why would you specifically protect pedophilia if it's not in your interest? Why were all of the Republican attempts to remove pedophilia from the list blocked? This time it was Congresswoman Tammy Baldwin, a Democrat from Wisconsin. She claimed that pedophiles would not be defined within sexual orientation, but wouldn't put that in writing and refused to define the phrase sexual orientation. Do you see the hypocrisy? Why did other Republicans not offer a clear definition of pedophilia? Where does it stand? Why twisting? How should they announce they need to legalize pedophilia? What do we need more than this? According to this bill, pastors are not protected by First Amendment, and prayer in Jesus' name is a hate crime. We'll discuss the Pedophile Protection Act after a quick break. Welcome back. So Congress passes the Pedophile Protection Act. And, and we should, oh, sorry, um, I know we want to, you know, start getting through this, but um, I just wanted to put out there that there is no Pedophile Protection Act. This is not the name of a bill or anything like that. No, it's like the don't say gay bill in Florida. It's something that people are popularly calling it. Opponents worry over special hate crimes treatment for homosexuals. Hate crimes bill opponents claim it will be used to crack down on Christian speech, even the reading of the Bible. Longtime proponents of this plan intend to give homosexuals and others with alternative lifestyles special protections not afforded to other classes of citizens. The Senate approved the measure 68 to 29 after Democrats strategically attached it to a must-pass $680 billion defense appropriation plan. Say person A says, I don't like gay people and then goes and kills a gay person, they should be provided extra protection as a hate crime. Agreed. Because it's a hate crime, obviously. But if a person says, I hate Christians and then goes out and kills Christians, they're not protected by a hate crime. Even though it's Hmm. hate, hate is hate. They're not protected. And it's not fair. And it goes on that If a pastor reads a passage from a Bible that goes against homosexuality and a member of that congregation goes out 
and kills a homosexual, that pastor can be charged with a hate crime supposedly incited by his reading of the Bible. And that is really scary. You agree? Yeah. I mean, this is, you know, these are things that are law now. These are not like, oh, we got to watch out for this. I, in this episode, I'm trying to lay the groundwork of what has been built upon because most people have no idea. Like if you ask the average person, um, if, if you, if you wear a shirt that says, you know, hail Satan, fuck Christians, and you go out and kill a bunch of Christians, is it a hate crime? I think most people would say, well, yeah, I mean, he said he hated Christians. So, but I don't know. Um, you have anything you want to add to that? No, I don't think so. All right. So single issue bills. Uh, why have we not done this? It's it's ridiculous. And I understand there's a lot of red tape and bullshit that goes on. But I am so sick and tired of, well, sure, I'll pass this if you pass this. And it's mm-hmm. it's despicable. In my, in my opinion, it's absolutely disgusting that this is how business is done in the swamp. Most Republicans, although normally strong supporters of the U.S. military, oppose the bill. The inclusion of the controversial language of the hate crimes legislation, which is unrelated to our national defense, is deeply troubling, according to Senator Jeff Sessions uh, in an interview with Fox News after the vote. The plan also hands out federal money to states and local governments in pursuit of preventing hate crimes. In its never-ending quest to shred America's Judeo-Christian value system, the left is planning to hurriedly push through a thought crimes bill, the alert said. Thought crimes bill is another uh, kind of attached name. There's not an actual bill called the thought crimes bill. Just putting that out there. So-called hate crimes laws are really laws that criminalize thought because they punish an individual not for what he did, but for what he thought. Politically incorrect thoughts about homosexual behavior will result in enhanced criminal sanctions under this law. The American Family Association said everywhere hate crimes laws have gone into effect, they have been quickly used to intimidate, silence, and punish people of faith who express deeply held religious objections to the normalization of homosexuality. Such laws not only punish officially disapproved speech and thought, they create two tiers of victims. Under hate crimes laws, some victims get more protections than others, which violates the fundamental American principle of equality under the law, the alert said. If a person hates Christians, they are not subject to protection from hate crimes the way other groups or individuals are protected. Hate is hate, right? In fact, such laws actually discriminate against heterosexual Christians who are victims of crime since they will get less legal protection than homosexual victims. The American Family Association said since sexual orientation uh, nowhere is defined in the law, this will give pedophiles, voyeurs, and exhibitionists special protections, which is why the bill has correctly been called the Pedophile Protection Act. Attempts by Republicans to add amendments stating pedophilia is not protected as a sexual orientation were blocked by House Democrats. In fact, Representative Alcee Hastings said all alternative sexual lifestyles should be protected. 
This bill addresses our resolve to end violence based on prejudice and to guarantee that all Americans, regardless of race, color, religion, unless Christian or Muslim, national origin, gender, sexual orientation, gender identity, or disability, or all of these philias and fetishes and isms that were put forward need not live in fear because of who they are. I urge my colleagues to vote in favor of this rule, he said. Which is fine, but he specifically said religion, but doesn't cover religion. Uh, yeah. So not it covers religions. other religions, just not Christianity. And I, I'm no expert, but I don't think that Muslims agree with homosexuality. And I'm not... No, I think... I think homosexuality is illegal in most Muslim countries. Yeah. I'm not and I, 100% sure. And, and, you know, homosexuality is not what the discussion is about here. So don't, don't think that. I, I think that, you know, LGBTQ community needs to be protected against hate crimes if they can be proven to be a hate crime. If someone robs a gay man for his wallet, is it a hate crime? I, I don't know, but it doesn't seem like it to me. But it is interesting that religion is specifically mentioned, but also specifically not covered. Right. Or at least not if you're one of the, if you're a member of the two largest religions in the world. Right. Exactly. Further, the proposal has a broad definition of intimidation, so a Christian pastor's sermon could be considered hate speech if heard by an individual who then acts aggressively against someone based on sexual orientation. As it went through the House, the version was H.R. 1913 or the Local Law Enforcement Hate Crimes Prevention Act of 2009. The Senate then worked on its own version, and it ultimately was added as an amendment to a defense spending plan. As WND reported... U.S. Attorney General Eric Holder admitted a homosexual activist who is attacked following a Christian minister's sermon about homosexuality would be protected by the proposed federal law, but a minister attacked by a homosexual wouldn't be. The revelations came from Holder's testimony before the Senate Judiciary Committee, which was taking comments on the proposal. The measure also was the subject of discussion on talk radio host Rush Limbaugh's show. The question, Limbaugh said, Jeff Sessions presents a hypothetical where a minister gives a sermon, quotes the Bible about homosexuality, and is thereafter attacked by a gay activist because of what the minister said about his religious beliefs and what scripture says about homosexuality. Is the minister protected? No, said Holder. Well, the statute would not, would not necessarily cover that, Holder stated. We're talking about crimes that have a historical basis. Groups who have been targeted for violence because of the color of their skin, their sexual orientation, that is what the statute tends, is designed to cover. We don't have the indication that the attack was motivated by a person's desire to strike at somebody who was in one of those protected groups that would not be covered by the statute. Continued Limbaugh, in other words, ministers and whites are not covered by the hate crime statute because we're talking about crimes that have a historic basis, groups who have been targeted for violence because of their skin color or sexual orientation. The bill was nicknamed the Pedophile Protection Act when Representative Stephen King proposed an amendment during its trek through the U.S. House that would specify pedophiles could not use the law to protect their activities. Majority Democrats flatly refused. 
Eric Stanley, senior legal counsel with the Alliance Defense Fund, told World Net Daily the move is alarming because this would be the very first governmental and societal disapproval of a sincerely held religious belief held by many Americans. It's the first time the federal government is writing into law a disapproval of that belief, he said. While he said he doesn't believe there will be immediate prosecutions of pastors and churches for teaching the biblical injunction that homosexual behavior is a sin, quote, I think the effect on speech and religious speech is nonetheless real, end quote. He said he does expect the pastors soon will begin being called to testify in hate crime cases in court, quote, as to what that pastor preaches, what the church teaches, what the Bible teaches, end quote. When this happens, there will be a shockwave through pastorates in America, he said. Ultimately, he warned that the homosexual advocates who have pushed the hate crimes plan consider this law just the first step towards silencing Christians. That development already has been observed not only with the enactment of hate crime laws in other nations, but in the hate crime-related speech codes existing on many university campuses in the U.S., Stanley said. So it's interesting because having the thought of raping a child is protected and okay, but simply disapproving of a sexual orientation is a hate crime. That's crazy. Catholic League President Bill Donahue explained, The debate is over. For liberals, child molesters should be given the same rights as homosexuals. And that is where the problem lies with me. I have no problem with LGBTQ being protected by hate crimes laws. But it's got to go across the board. It's got to be that people are, are protected for their religious beliefs too, as long as they're not hurting anybody. If there is violence involved, it's a different story. But if you are basically punishing people for what they think, then that should be across the board too. I mean, to me, it's saying, hey, if, if you think that raping kids is okay, then we're going to protect you. But if you follow the Bible, we're not going to protect you. And, and I don't know, that's how I read it. And that's, that's scary. So Bill Donahue continued, Moreover, they should be given more rights than pregnant women and veterans. The latter two categories were explicitly denied coverage under the hate crimes bill. Pregnant women and veterans are not protected, and we have had crimes, especially during Vietnam, against veterans because they were veterans, because they were drafted into the military and forced to go to war in Vietnam, and they were assaulted and worse when they came back. And pregnant women, I, I don't know of a whole lot of uh, cases where pregnant women have been targeted specifically because they were pregnant, other than a couple really sad stories about uh, women that were pregnant that had their babies actually ripped from their womb and stolen. And I know that sounds crazy, but it's, it's happened. But even worse, continued Bill Donahue, an amendment that would bar prosecution based in whole or in part on religious beliefs quoted from the Bible, the Tanakh, which is Judaism's sacred book, or the Quran, was defeated by Democrats along party lines 11 to 8. In other words, religious speech may be denied First Amendment protection. 
Even worse, an amendment that would bar prosecution based in whole or in part on religious beliefs quoted from the Bible, the Tanakh, Judaism's sacred book, or the Quran was defeated by Democrats along party lines 11 to 8. In other words, religious speech may be denied First Amendment protection. To me, First Amendment protection should protect anything that does not incite violence or crime. There would be national outrage over this if the media were to report on it and the public were allowed to weigh in on it. Children's, quote, right to be recruited by pedophiles has for decades been a rallying cry of the North American Man-Boy Love Association, or NAMBLA, itself for years a leader of the gay rights movement. So it seems that they were playing the long game and were like, hey, let's fight for gay rights and then eventually we can attach them, attach ourselves to them and find a for lack of a better term, a back door into oh God. protection. <laughs> now, after years of secular humanist assault on the moral structure of America, several key pieces of the NAMBLA pedophile agenda are coming together at one moment on state, national, and international stages. Pedophiles believe they should be a part of the LGBT community. Pedophiles are rebranding themselves as MAPs or minor attracted persons in an effort to gain acceptance and be included into the LGBT community. Now, I, they give us the breakdown of who our listeners are based on a lot of different things. One of them is male, female, non-binary, um, and there's a couple other ones that I, I'm blanking on right now. But if you are an ally of the LGBT community or part of the LGBT community, I would like to know how you feel about pedophilia being attached to your movement, right? Because if I was fighting for my rights, I would be careful about who I let attach themselves to my plight. You know what I mean? Right. So, according to the Urban Dictionary, which we love, the blanket term MAP includes infantophiles, or people who like to have sex with infants, pedophiles for prepubescent children, Hebophiles for pubescent children, which would be, you know, like 13 and up to whatever the legal age is in your state. Some MAPs also refer to themselves as no maps or non-offending minor attracted persons. These pedophiles seek to be a part of the LGBTQ plus community, even going so far as to make a pride flag for Gay Pride Month. The map, no map community tries to pull at people's heartstrings by claiming that pedophiles are misunderstood, marginalized people, and that if their attraction to children is not acted upon, or in some cases, when they get permission from the child, that they should not be villainized. Sites such as the Prevention Project claim to be aimed at helping children, posting quotes reminiscent of testimonials of struggling gay youth under the headlines like, Everyone Needs Support. And what I'm going to read is from that site. John was suicidal. 
He had been bullied by trolls on social media for most of his life for being different. The bullies were primarily people who claimed, based on their religious beliefs, that John was going to hell and deserved to die. Now, I feel like that's being kind of uh, scapegoating religion. Like, I don't know anybody that thinks that pedophilia is okay. No, neither do I. I think that, yeah, just adding their religious beliefs is kind of a ploy to tug at LGBT. Like, hey, you know, the religious people said the same thing about you guys. We're not so different. They described how they would kill him on his Twitter page and people supported their hate. Desperate for help, John sought treatment for his shame, depression, and suicidality. Although he was scared to share about himself with a stranger, he felt desperate for help as he had no desire to harm anyone, ever. Once he shared about his attraction to children, his therapist told him, I don't treat sex offenders. But, through the bills that we talked about earlier, the therapists are put in a really, really tough spot. Right. I mean, if, you know, you talk about worrying about people accusing you of something that you have no way to specifically defend yourself against, you know, if it's it's your word against theirs. As a therapist, I, I wouldn't necessarily say I don't treat sex offenders because there are people that are, you know, sex offenders because they peed out behind a bar you know at three in the morning sometime and you know they were Mm. caught so sex offenders is a really really broad term many blogs exist on tumblr showing support for maps claiming that they should be a part of the lgbt community and attempting to create safe spaces for these minor attracted persons the blog Pedophiles About Pedophilia also presents many sob stories of marginalized pedophiles in pretty pastel colors claiming that they mean no harm and just want to be loved like everyone else. Uh, this name change seems to follow in the liberal trend of rebranding things by giving them more politically correct names, but is the next step really normalizing pedophilia? Neither of us are against any sexual orientation that doesn't cause harm to somebody else. Agreed. You know, pedophilia or these things that we've been talking about that are, there are groups trying to, like we said, normalize them, attach them to other, um, I don't know what the right way to say it is, but socially acceptable sexuality, such uh-huh. as, you know, like all the stuff in the LGBTQIA, you know, the whole, I don't know all the terms that go into it. Mm-hmm. I know there's a lot of granularity to it. There's a lot right now going on in terms of sort of innovation in the language we use to describe it, if that makes sense. We're, we're developing more precise language to uh, help people identify themselves, to help describe themselves to others. But then you have things like this where there are the things being tacked on mm-hmm. and that's what we're that's what's dangerous mm-hmm. is to tack on protections for what is essentially criminal behavior and protecting it as an orientation that you can't help now it's likely that people who have 
these proclivities can't help it. But that doesn't mean that it should be normalized, legalized, protected, whatever. You know? You could name any crime and you could try and, I guess, rebrand it like, well, he he didn't rob the place. He was criminally providing for his family. I mean, just, Mm. you know, stupid things to try and attach themselves. And I feel like these uh, pedophile groups, not necessarily the, you know, the cabal type group that is, you know, kind of behind a lot of this, but I feel like the LGBT community is being victimized by these people being attached or trying to attach Mm -hmm. themselves. And if the LGBT community accepts them as being part of their community, they are taking a big step back and people that may have been on the fence about, you know, whether they think homosexuality is moral or immoral or, or whatever, they're going to look at it and say, Oh yeah, lesbians and gay. Oh, and pedophiles too. No, fuck them. We're gonna do everything we can to fight them. Then, right, or to fight their group or their movements or laws or or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I have to keep going back to the murder. I, I mean, it literally. I mean, if you just look at the facts, there are people that cannot ejaculate unless they stab somebody. Is that a sexual preference or a sexual orientation? What do you think? No. I, I don't mean, either. Yeah. I, and I feel like, hey, we get the pedophiles in, next it's going to be the murderers or, or mm-hmm. rapists. I mean, you know, we talked about rape being a, a philia, right? So we can't protect everybody from everything all the time, but I am more interested in protecting our children than protecting pedophiles. Hmm. All right. So my final thoughts, Macaulay Culkin has been a meme for years. Look at what fame did to him, right? Everybody always said, oh, it was, oh, he just couldn't handle it. It was too much. All the people that wanted his autograph and he couldn't go anywhere, but sexual trauma often causes the same issues in one's life, like substance abuse. Uh, I I mean, I I think that people just kind of thought he just went nuts, right? Right. So is murder a sexual preference? The lines are getting blurry. If you are not a protector of children, you are an enemy of children. Outlawing thoughts will not change the world any more than gun control laws will get criminals to turn in their guns. When you disagree with someone's opinion, It doesn't give you the right to censor it. And this is something that I've been waiting to get out. Bruce Springsteen probably wasn't a two live crew fan, but he supported their right to free speech. So for those that don't know, uh, 1980s two life crew came out with a rap album that was just dirty sex. I mean, all it talked, I mean, it was like verbal pornography and, Mm -hmm. um, so Bruce Springsteen, they got censored, right? They couldn't put out their album. It had to be uh, the censored album. Even they couldn't put one out that had the parental advisory on it. It was just banned, right? 
Well, Bruce Springsteen came out and supported him. I don't think Bruce Springsteen was listening to put her in the buck in, you know, in his Camaro rolling through Jersey, but he knew, Hey, if they censor two life crew, then what happens if I come out with something that, you know, denounces uh, the government, then I'll be censored. And then this person will be censored. So basically if you allow censorship of things you disagree with, what happens when people disagree with what you're saying? Got anything else? conversations that I see and like memes that I see, it's just a trend that I've noticed that every so often there are these memes about exactly what we're talking about, Mm -hmm. that people who are part of the LGBT community don't like that they're being associated with these other things that these, you know, these, these preferences and proclivities that we're talking about are being lumped in with like true sexualities. Okay. That like preferences for certain age groups or whatever are being, you know, like an attraction to young kids is not the same as an attraction to a particular gender. And they're, they're like, this is hijacking our movement. This is not good for anybody. This is setting what we're trying to do back. Yeah. Because like you said, when somebody sees, okay, what's their, what are they going for here? We're trying to normalize being homosexual. Cool. Trying to normalize being bisexual. And then they see there are people who are like, well, what about pedophilia? Like, that's not cool. Then it, it's, it's overly simplistic, but that's what tends to happen is people are like, okay, well, I'm against the whole thing if this is part of it. It, it puts out there that if you are a lesbian, you have to be okay with pedophilia because it's part of your community now. Yeah. And it kind of de-individualizes people in that marginal in that already marginalized group and is going to splinter it more because I don't I mean yeah. like I said I can't imagine somebody I can see someone saying if someone is attracted to children and they seek help for it and they never do anything and they you know never assault anyone or anything like that they're in constant therapy for it I don't think that person should get their ass beat on a daily basis. I don't think that someone should be killed because they have these feelings. And and I'll make that clear that we're not advocating for violence. We live in such a weird world right now Mm -hmm. where you, you will find people particularly on like social media, like Twitter arguing. I've heard the argument that um, it's, discriminatory to like differentiate pay based on ability really (laughs) or whatever. Yeah. That like equality of um, opportunity isn't good enough. You should have a quality of outcome. Like people who do the same thing should make the same money regardless, you know, like, I mean, I know that that, that sounds reasonable on its face, well, it sounds reasonable if you're talking about McDonald's. It's not reasonable if you're right. talking about having an MBA or, you know, six credit hours. You're right in that comparison in that uh, I can't remember exactly what they said. It was something like paying somebody more because they have a greater ability or greater talent is discriminatory against people who don't have that talent, who right. don't have the intelligence to do whatever that job is. Like a really great writer... You know, you're discriminating against writers who aren't 
uh, quite as clever or because you don't read their books, you know, talented <laughs> in 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 you know, kind of wording things well. It's just such an odd thing to think about, mm-hmm. especially since we're in a meritocracy, or at least we'd like to think we are, where it's the merits of your ability determine your level of success in society. That's how it, our, our society theoretically works. Well, okay, so for part of the ending thoughts, what do you think? Do you think that there is like a secret society kind of thing behind a lot of this stuff that is sort of pulling the strings of like the justice system to try to protect themselves so that if they're ever caught or exposed, that they'll have some kind of legal defense that they can hide behind? No, that's exactly what I think. I, I think that there's people in power. Uh, we we have seen with the Jeffrey Epstein thing. I mean, it's not up for debate anymore. I mean, that was a secret group of people that did horrible secret things to people and used people in high places to get out of being in trouble for doing those horrible things. I mean, do you disagree? No. No, I just don't know how prevalent it is, and I don't know, like... Well, we know it's at least 85% more prevalent than what's reported. (laughs) I mean, you know? Well, I mean, I don't know how prevalent this ring is. Sure. You know? Well, and it could be a loosely connected group, too. It doesn't necessarily mean it's 12 guys that get in a room together with their bloody shoes and make these decisions for everybody. But there's definitely a network of pedophiles. There has to be. Yeah, see, that the the Macaulay Culkin stuff and that initial article that we read, I don't really buy most of that. Yeah, I don't buy most of that. I feel like that is the same as calling somebody a conspiracy theorist before you allow them to tell you, you know, I saw these strange lights in the sky and I was an Air Force pilot and I can't identify what this craft was. You know, like sure. it's a thought canceling thing to say They're like, oh, it's a conspiracy theorist. We don't need to listen to them. We don't need to take them seriously. Mm-hmm. So it's like you were saying, when you add in all these sort of unbelievable, fantastic uh Fantastic in the in the sense that it is like fantasy. Right. These elements, it makes it so unbelievable. It's like, okay, well, all this is BS then. Yeah. Agreed. And I it's it could be a smokescreen. It could be. Which I think you even used that term earlier. Yeah, but we I mean, I feel like it's something that needs to be put out there because it could be. You know, Annalise Michelle wasn't necessarily factually possessed by demons, but it is out there. It's a possibility. Mm-hmm. And I did mm-hmm. leave out some stuff because they talked about the Pope a lot, but the Pope has been wearing red shoes forever. So maybe he's been a pedophile. You know, they've been pedophiles forever, but more than likely it's a tradition. So I, I left that out. That was one of the big things that they pointed to is all the Popes that wore red shoes and doing some, a little bit more research. I found that like the Pope, popes have all been wearing red shoes for a long time uh, it's kind of a symbol of power from back in the day you know that they had red shoes but 
Yeah, maybe it's one of those things because like red was a hard color to produce or keep clean or whatever. Yeah, but you know, choose your own adventure. <laughs> it's it <laughs> is what it is. If 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 you, I agree with what you're saying that we could lose some listeners in the beginning. But if you listen to the whole thing, I don't think no, yeah, that I the just first that part up. is out of the realm of extreme possibility for sure, which means it needs attention. If your government will do this, well, that just opened up a whole can of worms because what else have they done? Right. I mean, if, you, uh, if, if you're so intent on uh, protecting pedophilia that you attach it to another bill that has to be passed, that's pretty desperate. Yeah. I don't know. Anyway, that's all we've got for you on the devolution of our society to normalize pedophilia. Thanks for listening to Cryptique. Don't forget to tell a friend and send suggestions to crypticpodcast at gmail.com. And I urge any of you, if you have any questions about what we've presented tonight or any questions on where we stand on anything, understand that we are against violence in any capacity now if you come home and your kids being raped then you know sometimes you gotta kill a motherfucker but uh, for the most part uh, we're anti-violence email us I'll be happy to interact with you Uh, we'll discuss anything you want to discuss and if you are having problems with one of the philias we've discussed tonight or on the amputee fetish show seek help right it, it doesn't mean you're going to hell because you're attracted to minors but if you act on it i don't know things could heat up for you mm-hmm. all right good evening crypt keepers <laughs>